Hello, welcome back everybody. It's Outside the Huddle, back with this week's brand new episode. James, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. I think the biggest question from the week is, how desperate are you for fuel? Oh, quite. Well, I was. Um, we, we, we had a wedding to go to at the weekend and genuinely didn't have enough petrol in the car. So, sloped off out at like nine o'clock on Friday night, thinking it'll be fine. Uh, it wasn't fine. It was really really busy and it was it was just so depressing because um it was really i mean this is going to bum everybody out but i was like quite a long way back in the queue and there was this little old fella at the front uh and it's all paid the pump so there's no and he couldn't do it he couldn't work out how to use the the pay the pump and nobody nobody got out of their car to help him um because you know the arsehole behind him will have been thinking well, if he can't get the fuel, then I'll get some. Um, you know, and I, I, that was just a really sad indictment of where where everything is at the minute. You know what? I think the best thing about this is I feel like survival instinct is what I've been quoted. Someone's quoted me about. I said if you didn't go out there and buy the fuel that you desperately didn't need, we probably wouldn't be in this situation. In fact, we wouldn't have been in this situation. But someone went to me, yeah, but survival instinct, isn't it? You need <laughs> fuel, don't you? You haven't got any. <laughs> Yeah, because I didn't go out and get the fuel when I didn't need it. <laughs> yes, I spent an hour going two miles down the road to my local Morrison, which was the only place to sit in Boulder that had any, just to get rid of my kids. Good reason, I think. <laughs> Other than that, all good, Andy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, it's, it's been better, but, you know, it could be worse. Um, so... Let's get stuck into it and see see if we can get through as much of the action as we can. Uh, as always, we've roped a guest in uh, to, to help us out. Uh, delighted to say that we're joined by Liam from the Next Man Up podcast. Liam, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm surprised to say you're delighted to say with the, the reception as Eagles fans get on outside the huddle. No, I'm only joking. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really, really good to be on, lads. Um, and, and honestly, you did rope me in because... Coming off the back of that defeat last night against Dallas, went to bed at four o'clock, morning off work. And it's, you know, we'll probably get into it, hopefully not in too much detail, but uh, it certainly makes the Tuesday a little bit harder than perhaps the Monday was. That's exactly what you want, mate. You know, yeah. <laughs> this podcast knows we like, we get more out of people that are angry. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, oh, we can say it now um, that Liam is our favourite member of Next Man. Oh. <laughs> uh, just so I only say, I, I, not to say you're not, Liam, very, very nice as you are, but I'm looking forward to what messages I get in the morning off the back of that. So, <laughs> um, we'll uh, Yeah, thanks for getting that in there. The fire was in the post, Andy. Well, it would have been an angrier if Mick had been on. Now, that would have been real anger. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Um, so we'll kick it off. Uh, we'll go. We'll go back first game of the week um, and start there. Panthers take care of the Texans as we all thought. But for me, I mean, the biggest takeaway from this game probably the injury to McCaffrey. Um, he, I know we're only three games in, but there's only two backs, Mixon and Henry, who've had more carries than him um, already. And even though he only played a short part of that game, is this just a case of they've asked too much of them too soon, or is it just? genuine bad luck well I, I, i'm surprised how much they have used him because against texans was probably where they didn't need to go and overuse him but they still carried on with the game plan so he was always risking it i mean my first query when it came to the panthers for this year was is cmc going to just come back from the injury and be himself he seemed to be so he already ticked that box but then it was like would he laugh the whole distance and these things happen so you could just put it down to that really but they have used him a lot i mean they've it's not been much different to the past. So I've been surprised, but, you know, injuries happen. Hopefully it'll only be a few weeks for him, but it's kind of a bit of a blip for them. It's poor, if you ask me, Andy. Um, I've been, I was thinking about this today quite a bit. I think it's really poor player management. Uh, he, he didn't just have one injury last year. Like he had a number of injuries last year. Um, and he, yes, he's a versatile back. And if you look at the stat line and stat sheets, like he accounted for a lot of the yards for the Panthers in the first three games and I worry for the Panthers even though they're 3-0 and um, for the rest of the season I, they didn't exactly beat amazing teams and I'm sure we'll get on to the predictions part of the podcast uh, tomorrow um, but 
yeah, I worry for them. I think they they've overused them. I think it's a it's a it's poor player management on 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 the Panthers' behalf. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that. I don't I don't know if you've seen it or how long he's going to be out or is it just to kind of. Well, they haven't put him on the IR, so mm. they're hoping it's more two to three weeks. But, you know, with, with an injury like that, it lingers. And to yeah. be fair, that's exactly what happened to him last year. He had a couple of injuries. They kind of kept trying to bring him back. He wasn't the same, and then he ended up getting injured. So they certainly shouldn't be rushing him back if they generally want to hopefully get him to last the season. But at the same time, it's going to be interesting in the next couple of weeks to see what the Panthers' offence is actually like without him. So. Yeah, they got rid of Mike Davis as well, obviously, last year. And they've got the rookie in, um, in Chubba Hubbard who came on and did okay, but, you know, certainly hasn't um, lit the place alight. So, it's again, it's a risky tactic when, when you've not got much in the way of backup, proven proven talent backup, I should say. So, um, yeah, it could, could be a costly one. And, you know, is this the, the start of the end of McCaffrey uh, with multiple injuries from the running back position? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Interesting. What you mean? You mean to tell me my uh, panic acquisition of Royce Freeman off the waivers isn't gonna isn't gonna come good? Guaranteed twenty four points. Yeah. <laughs> snuck in there. Snuck in. Uh, if we go back, uh, we'll start uh, the look back at Sunday's games, and we'll go at the AFC West first, and specifically the Chiefs uh, being taken down by the Chargers. James, you probably get sick of us talking about this, but we've said so many times on here that when when the Chiefs get themselves in a bit of a hole, um, which it feels like they do every now and again, and uh, and they kind of lean on that Mahomes and Kelsey combo, and you know eventually they come out, and it looked it looked like it was going to happen again this time. Um, you know, fourteen three down, and then they put up fourteen unanswered points. But you know, fair play, the Chargers put the hammer down in the fourth. And um, did you still must have thought they were going to come out of it okay? Yeah. I think the thing is, you can only keep doing that for so long. You know, teams are gradually working their way out. Mahomes is great, but he, you know, he's not just a one-man team. And I just think it's got to start balancing itself out because there's definitely an element of if you keep doing it, there's an element of luck if you keep doing it. You, know, you can't, you can't keep winning like that, coming from behind, leaving it to the last drive. And to be fair to the Chargers, they had a chance to just take the field goal and leave a minute or so on the clock, but they didn't. They took, you know, they went for it, got the first down, which was risky, but. That's the way you beat the Chiefs. You've got to be risky against them. They did that. And to be fair, they still could have took the field goal. And I think, I don't even know how much was left, like 30 seconds. There was hardly any time left. And they still went for it again and obviously won the game. So they stopped Mahomes even really getting a fair chance. At it. He still had a chance to throw the end zone, but then you just pop luck in it. So fair play to the Chargers. I thought it was bold. They played well. I think really the end result probably was fair. I actually think the Chargers deserve to win. The only reason why they probably didn't win a little bit more comfortable is because of the penalties again. So... I'm really pleased where the Chargers are at. They should probably be 3-0 if it wasn't for the penalties against the Cowboys and the messy game that they had. They should have probably beaten the Cowboys. So they're in a really good place. As for the Chiefs, I'm sure they'll bounce back. We all know they will. But is this the start of, I don't want to say of a dismantling, but is this now maybe they're going to find it tough going forward? Teams no. seem to be making it no, hard. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry to interject. Look, look the, the, the Chiefs are going to be fine. Um, Patrick, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is, is a generational quarterback. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's anything yet to worry about that. Tariq Hill, Kelsey is getting a bit older. Edward Solaire seems to be stepping up. He's certainly stepped up in the in one or two of the games so far this season. You got to remember they made some huge changes on the offensive line um, in the off season, and you can't expect people just to come in and you know play play well straight away. I'll try and limit my Eagles analogy references, but Javon Hargrave came in on the defensive line for us last year, didn't have a great first year, and now he's absolutely uh, annihilating. It was the only person who's bloody doing anything, but he's, he's, you know, he's annihilating um, some of the um, offensive lines that he's played up against this year. So I don't think it's the end, the demise of the Chiefs or or Mahomes or Reed, um, but I'm definitely nowhere near as high as high as them to get to the Super Bowl and to win it this year. I think. It's way more open now. And Justin Herbert, oh my lord, this mm. guy is seriously, seriously good. That arm talent is crazy good. Him and him and Josh Allen this year. Uh, I'm just going to be excited to watch them play every single game of football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm really glad that uh, Mike Williams is starting to put some some stuff together because he I I really do think he's very very talented. He's been a kind of slow burn 
uh, breakout. But you look at the physical profile of the guy and just think he's so hard to stop. Yeah, I mean, big big wingspan, isn't he, James? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I mean, last year it felt like he was building up to last year. He had the thousand-yard season the year before. You think, oh, last year's going to be his breakout year, but. It didn't quite happen. I think injuries also played a bit of a part. But this year, he just looks like a different. He looks a different character. He just looks like a different beast. I do wish he would stop moaning though. I mean, I don't think I'm saying that about Mike Evans. I think that a couple of years ago where he was terrible. But it must be something about the name Mike because if he doesn't catch it, he's constantly just waving out his towel. So yeah, he needs to he needs to calm that down. But he's by far quick, one of the best receivers at the moment. Quick mention for Flash Gordon uh, announced today that he's. Yeah. I'm not sure whether it's signed, sealed, delivered, Andy, but he's, he's off to the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, hoping for a bit of a, um, I don't know, a bit of a renaissance there. I know it happened, you know, Brown's come in at the books and, and done well for himself, but there's a there's a other factor at play with Gordon, isn't there? An off-field issue that he needs to, you know, he needs to curb. But, yeah, uh, how many weeks uh, before he's back on the uh, <laughs> on the list? I would just quick um, on the Chiefs there before we move on from that. They are allowing the most points per game uh, in the league, thirty-one point seven. So it, that is the very definition of putting it all on Mahomes uh, week in week out. And like James said, there's going to be weeks where it just doesn't happen. Uh, so they have to kind of try and balance that out and help him out. Um, Raiders and the Broncos both moved three and all with their wins. Raiders first, um, obviously had to really work for it this week, taking it to overtime. Josh Jacobs is out, and it ended up being Peyton Barber of all people who who had himself a game. James is shaking his head. Um, Unbelievable, I mean, isn't it? big big love for Peyton, haven't you, James? Um, he's he's a hard worker. I'll give him that. Um, yeah, fantasy-wise, it does my head in the Raiders' backfield because I've got a lot of Drake. I've got Jacobs. I thought Drake's the natural progression. Um, but, yeah, they've all had a go at it. But Peyton Barber putting his hand up. But that was a peculiar game for me. Like, the Dolphins, after scoring zero, didn't expect them to score much in this game. And to be fair, the defence got picked six early, um, which helped. But then just when I thought they couldn't score again, they got to 14 and it was all starting to be taken care of. The Raiders kind of just allowed them to get back in it. And then mm. once it went to overtime, it was anyone. So eventually there was a winner. But um, fair play to the Raiders, 3-0. I think that's the first time for a while. And they're playing brilliant. I mean, that game was a bit of a hmm. But, you know, I think they would take 3-0 and at the start of the season. I, I still didn't see it. Henry Ruggs is uh, having himself a couple of games after mm. a pretty poor uh, first year. Um, so, yeah, kind of excited to see what he can do with his pace and his speed. Didn't they pay Drake eleven million to come and be backup to Josh Jacobs? Yeah, I think it was over a couple of years, but it was a lot for a backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what eight rushing attempts for twenty four yards? Uh, obviously, you mentioned Peyton, but I don't I don't think we're going to see Peyton Barber do this week in week out. Can I just say? <laughs> um, and I will caveat the the Raiders win with the fact that it was against the Dolphins, um, <laughs> who I just think are going to be a pile of turds this year in general. Shout out to my Dolphins friends. <laughs> on the podcast really well. <laughs> we can't be blamed for this one. Um, another win for the... I mean, there's not much to say on this one, but we do try and cover everything. Another win for the Broncos, uh, 26 zip against the Jets. We said it last week, but I think next week is the start of a really interesting time for them. Uh, they've got they've got four tough games coming up, um, which we, we will be previewing one of those in the predictions pod. I mean, they've lost KJ Hamler and uh, lost Judy already, but still getting it done. But uh, yeah, some big tests ahead for them. As for the Jets, um, I, I, I couldn't find anything to cling on to for them. So, you know, we, we'll talk about Wilson just a little bit. I wanted to ask you both. Uh, we do, Liam, if we come to you first. With Wilson, um, he's been sacked 15 times, he's been picked off seven. Um, in terms of his development, in your opinion, is it is there more value in just leaving him in there and you know see what happens, let him kind of ride it out, or should they maybe think about taking him out for, for a little bit? I'd, I'd do the latter. Uh, it's in, it's a really interesting question because what's the mental impact and damage that you do to taking him out of the fire line, having already backed them at the start? Mm. The, 
there's not very many quarterbacks that come in uh, as a rookie and, and play well, especially when they've not got a good offensive line. We look at we see Sam Darnold now doing a good job. Now he's got away, got away from there, and <clears throat> I just think the Jets are just a bit of a, a fire dumpster organization in general, and seem to make bad decision after bad. Decision. They don't help themselves at all. Uh, but, you know, I, I just can't feel that sorry for Sam Darnold. You know, has, has his mum let him out for the game next week? I'm not sure. Not Sam Darnold, sorry, as Zach Wilson, I should say. Uh, Zach Wilson. But, you know, yeah, so I think you I think you take him out. I think you, 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 you give him a break. You get him out of the firing line because otherwise you're going to break the kid's soul and, you know, he might, his whole career might be ruined, you know. You look at the way the 49ers are dealing with Trey Lance at the moment, you know, for me, oh, the way Mahomes learned learned behind Smith. For me, that's the way you do it. Um, there's, it's very rare a, a rookie QB comes in as well, especially behind that O line. Yeah, I mean, we had the debate last week where there's two debates whether you should always start a rookie or if you should, you know, maybe sit him like the Patch Mahomes example. And I don't think we're ever going to actually have the answer because it just doesn't work out that way. But I think it's hard now they've started him to now take him out because the media will be all over it. That's the biggest problem. But I agree. I just think they probably knew that their line was not good. I know they've lost a piece or two, but it wasn't good anyway. I think I'd rather them sat him for a year or sat him for the first half of the season, checked to see where they was at and then introduced him. But now it's gone the other way around. Um, but it's not doing him any good. How can anyone tell me this is doing him any good? He's getting sacked, which is not good. He's making bad decisions, which is fine. That's a rookie thing. But when you, you're you not getting the time and you're not really getting the people to throw the ball to, it's not doing him any good whatsoever. Um, I feel sorry for him, to be honest, because this could be it. Like David Carr is in a great example of a very top talent, talented quarterback. He's got two years of constantly getting hit, making you know interceptions, and he never got past it because he was scared of the next hit. Tell me if this carries on for the rest of the season. That doesn't start going to Zach Wilson. It's not, it's not like he's throwing at stud wide receivers and tight ends, and he's or he's got a, a, a running back to help bail him out. Like mm. you know, it, they're, they're, a, they're a they're a fire dumpster organization at the moment. So like, honestly, sorry Jets fans, if you're listening in, I I've, I haven't got a single answer for you. <laughs> yeah, long long season ahead again. There. Um, speaking of quarterbacks being sacked into oblivion, um, Justin Fields. Sacked nine times uh, in that Bears loss to the Browns. Finished the game six of 20, 68 yards. I mean, they totaled 46 yards rushing. You know, Browns did what they needed to do. They managed the game well. They had all the possession. They had boatloads of first downs. And it feels strange to for me to sit here and say things really don't look good for the Bears, given that they're two and one like we are but I mean offensively there's just absolutely nothing there They've, only the Jets have scored fewer points than this Bears team and it's it's a sorry state at the minute I mean for me the problem still mainly lies with the head coach and I don't like just saying sack the coach we were saying at the end of last year and I know they made the playoffs probably saved their job but I just don't understand where they're going. Like they went with Andy Dalton, they committed to that. Okay, fine. They had to start in week one. I don't mind protecting fields to a certain extent because of coming back to what we spoke about. The, the Bears are seen as a fairly good defense with a few pieces on offense that was missing the quarterback. So I feel like they should have either committed to fields and you know and got that ready, or did they feel like you just haven't done anything and. That offense has just regressed so badly. I mean, David Montgomery, I generally think he's a good, solid running back. Um, that line, I thought, was okay. I don't think it's great, but it was okay. Um, they've got the weapons. They've got enough there. But it's so for me, it's pre- like how prepared are they? I, have they got the right scheme? It, just, it hasn't been there for three or four years, and it's still not there now. And seeing Justin Fields just getting sacked and not really looking like the player that we all hoped still lies a bit deeper for me, but... I'm glad to see it. I really want Fields to do well. And I think he's showing some of those rookie issues as well, where he's a bit slow getting rid of the ball. But naturally, he's not getting time behind the pocket. So no shock, is it? I feel like James has covered off, covered off that pretty well. So I've got a couple of points to add, probably in the predictions pod, because I know we're covering one of those games. What I will say is it's pretty impressive to get sacked more times than Piers Morgan in one single game. Right? <laughs> like nine sacks. Are you kidding me? What's the record? I have no idea what the record is, but that is a joke. That's all sacks and completions. Yeah, well, I think I saw something today where they gave it to their six foot seven 
a tight end or something. And if they just let him fall forward on every single play, they would have had more net yards than they would have done um, if they'd given the ball to just the I mean, Matt Nagy, man, come on. <laughs> I did. I did see a, a video, it was a post-game reaction, and I wish I had uh, noted the um, the journalist who, who was it was going off on one, and it was a great watch. And it um, he was basically accusing Nagy of either just downright incompetence that he couldn't fix it, or I'm not kidding, the other option he was saying it was a deliberate attempt to... Um, to sabotage it and, and say like you know feel you know he's not ready blah 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 but just watching the hits watching these um, replays of just hit after hit it was awful because you know it, downright dangerous at one point the lack of protection he had you say Matt Nagy's going to get a charge for manslaughter <laughs> <laughs> that'd be the best thing he's ever done. <laughs> I mean, uh, sticking with QB, uh, rookie QBs rather, Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, he's found out what it's like now to lose a regular season game. Uh, he's probably already sick of how that feels. Pretty routine win for the Cardinals. In terms of protection, I mean, the, the Jags have actually done a pretty good job with him. He's he's only been sacked five times, which is, is kind of one of the lowest in the league at the minute. But he has thrown just boatloads of interceptions. But I guess part and parcel when you're chasing the game every single week and you're just tossing it up there. Did you see the one, the, the trick play as well, which looked like the most uncomfortable trick play I've ever seen. Where he hands it off to the running back, the running back throws it back to Trevor Lawrence. It's almost like he's like, oh, the ball. And then he just t- kind of tries to throw it. He goes for a pick, I think he goes for pick six, doesn't it? I mean, that just sums up the Jags. And to be fair, in this game, they was pretty much in it, most of it, because of the Cardinals, really. I just, it didn't feel like the Cardinals took care of business. And then there was obviously a couple of exceptional special teams plays by the Jags. But, yeah, pretty... I mean, no one ever doubted the Cardinals were going to win that in the end. I don't know if I've got an opinion yet on Trevor mm. Lawrence. Um, I haven't seen... So, like, you, you give rookie quarterbacks a bit of time, right? And... And Trevor Lawrence probably ready-made to start any NFL more than any other quarterback who was drafted this year. Um, and if you look at his wide receiving core, it's pretty hot. Sh- it's shit hot. Like it's you, know, you look at Shark, you look at Chanel, expect to make his big step this year. Marvin Jones Jr. obviously went over from the Lions. Um, James Robinson turned up again. They signed Etienne. I know he went out for the season. Um, they're not a bad side. Yes, the O-line is, is questionable. I, I just don't know whether I've seen enough to say whether he's had a good start or a bad start to his career. I think we need to see more from Trevor Lawrence. And it feels more like coaching is the issue of the Jags. It, you know, a rookie head coach, technically. Um, it's just all showing through. and It's, it's bigger than just Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And the thing is, you come back to people like Peyton Manning, he had that intercepting, like massive interceptions on his rookie year. So... I don't have any problems with Trevor Lawrence. He's got the ability. He's just he needs the team and coaching around him to step up, which they will eventually. Yeah, I hope so. Hope so. So the Cardinals three and zero, along with the Rams, James, in oh. the West after they rolled over the books thirty four twenty four. Um, pretty impressive performance from Stafford and his his receivers, and he answered you know he answered that question we were asking of him last week in terms of this is exactly the type of game he has to just turn up and find a way to win because he's out from under that cloud uh, with the Lions and he did, he did just that. What was your take on it all? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Stafford played really well. I mean, the Rams played really well. I'm not going to take anything away from them, but the first quarter, I was thinking Stafford's bottling this because he went one for six and there was at least two Cooper Cup passes which were wide open. I mean, one of them nearly went for an interception. It was that far off. And in fact, it should have been if Jamal Dean could actually catch a ball. But um, and yeah, I was just thinking early on, I was like, he's missed two or three really easy passes and we got away with it. Um, but then once he started connecting, they, they kind of changed the game plan back down to just sort of medium routes, just keeping it going. And then they, they found ways to succeed. And then once Deshaun Jackson got through, finally, <laughs> that was it. The floodgates opened and fair play Stafford. He was putting on, on a, you know, right on him and they was making the plays. So Stafford had a really good day. The offense had a really good day. The Rams defense was reasonably good. Um, I mean, for me, the Bucks secondary is probably the worst in the NFL right now. Um, it's it's always, if there is a weakness over the last couple of years of our defence, it's a secondary. Um, but, you know, it came through last year. Carlton Davis has the ability to be a, 
in the region of a top 10 cornerback. Maybe not the best and not the best like a shutdown cornerback. But when we've got the other guys stepping up and playing fine, he's more than good enough to keep the seat like, at cornerback one position. The problem is we've lost our second guy. Jamal Dean eventually went off after the first quarter. So we're now really into the dregs. And considering we're not quite getting the pressure up front, it's, you're just getting wide open. Literally everyone is wide open. So Stafford's job was pretty easy. But he still has to make the plays and he did that. Um, so from our point of view, the offense played fine. Brady played really well. We've got to get the run going. We can't have him play 50, 50 plus passes a game. I mean, I know he's not been Big Ben and he could probably cope with it, but it's not what I want a 44 year old quarterback to be doing. Um, we seem to go a score behind and we just abandon the run, but at the same time, the run's not doing a lot. But yeah, from our point of view, we're back to sort of square one. We need to sort of regroup. Um, Brady's fine. The offense is fine, but that's secondary. I know we've got Richard Sherman in. He's not really the answer, but he can't be any worse than what we've got. So we'll see how the next few weeks go. But I'm not too concerned. I kind of called it. So it was frustrating. We never was in that game. Though even when it was like 7 all, 14-7, it never felt like we was in it. And fair play to the Rams. They played really well. Yeah, like just just can't really add a lot to that. Um, but two things I will add. One is, oh, God, it's nice to see Tom Brady lose, right? Oh, that man, that, that felt good looking at his face. Sat on the sideline, not being able to do anything. That that made me feel really all good and fuzzy inside. And the, and the second is, sorry, James, you can throw me under the bus when we talk about the Eagles. The second, the second, the second thing is, I think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. I bet on them preseason. Um, they are a seriously good team on both sides of the ball. They have weapons on defense. They've got Ramsey. They've got Donald. You know, they've got Woods. They've got Cooper Cup. Um, tight ends are showing up this year. They lost Cam Akers, but it doesn't seem to be affecting them that much. I'm really high in the Rams this year. You know, up there with, with the Cardinals and the Bills and the Chargers, probably four of my favorites um, to, to take the Super Bowl home um, outside of, you know, Chiefs Bucks. And I'm not going to mention the other one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm really high on them. I, I, honestly, they're my they're my tip to win to win the Super Bowl. So if if you if you don't lose too badly to them and your secondary is depleted, James, then you know it's not really a terrible result for the Bucks. No. I, can we just take that bit? I like that. <laughs> that was nice. That was a nice way to you know, bring you both back together. Well, obviously the other team in that division, the Seahawks find themselves bottom of that division after being rather expertly disposed of by the mighty, mighty Minnesota Vikings. How about that MVP-like performance from Kirker? What a man. The, the guy is balling, straight up balling. I will say my final sentence is, why am I not hearing Kirk Cousin for MVP? Because <laughs> we know he never will, even if you guys probably win a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, He's playing lights out. He's keeping it clean. Like, when he plays well, he still makes mistakes. But he hasn't done that. And if you had half a defense for three games, you would at least be two or three wins on that on uh, all around the season. So, um, yeah, I, I, to be honest, I only saw the game on red zone because, obviously, the Bucks are playing at the same time. Um, I just don't get the Seahawks. 17-7, I remember looking, thinking, my prediction is the Seahawks. 17-7, they looked like they was causing you trouble. They was getting enough on you on the defensive side. They've got this in the bag. And then I looked up and then it was like they couldn't complete a pass like they do. The whole second half, you go a whole second half without scoring any points. And I, I know you guys did a good job with how many plays you played, you took the possession. But something needs to change. Like Russell Wilson's great for a deep ball. But it seems to be if you need seven or eight plays, he's not. it's not just him. The running game doesn't happen. Then the offense seems to play negative. I just don't get what they what they want. You go 17-7 to not scoring and losing 30-17. to 17. Something's seriously wrong. Fair play to the Vikings, though. Um, Madison had a great game on the ground. And you once you guys got back in that game, you guys absolutely dominated it. So it was good to see the Vikings win. Yeah, I'll admit, um, two, two teams where I know a lot about the offensive skill players and, and probably not a lot about their uh, offensive and defensive lines. So... You know, probably need a little bit of help on that front from you, Andy, from a from a Vikings perspective. But mm. like, if you look on paper, when Cooks fit, when you know, you, when Cooks fit, when you've got Jefferson and, and Thielen and uh, and Cousins, it's one of the most potent attacking threats in the league. Like you know, Cook for me is the best. I think he's the best running back in the league. I have I have done for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. um, I've always loved Thielen, and Jefferson looked good again the other day. 
and Madison stepped up. I see he um, he just missed out on the angry runs on Good Morning Football today um, to uh, the King Derek Henry, but he he had some big plays uh, at the weekend, and I, I don't know enough about your defense, and uh, mm. that may be what's stopping you. Is it, do I not know enough because there isn't enough there, or I don't think any. It's um, I don't think Mike Zimmer knows enough about them. Um, they, you know, fair play to them what they did in the second half. But from an offensive point of view, I um, I did obviously I watched the game back and what we've got there. Obviously, you've got KJ Osborne who's sprung to life this year as well. He's another option. But Thielen picked him up on a few leagues. Uh, yeah, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but Thielen and Jefferson, you watch the catches that they were making and they're just so tough. I mean, Jefferson particularly is surprisingly so because he's so wiry. Uh, but he, he is impossible to bring down. <clears throat> and um, the other big plus this week certainly was Tyler Conklin, who, you know, is has kind of come out the shadow of Irv Smith being injured and he's really making a case to, to force his way into being, you know, a tight end one even when Irv is back. Um, you know, he's he's got it all. He's a great blocking tight end, but he's he's a lot more mobile than he looks given the size of him. Um, so he's another weapon as well, so... We shall have to see. It's it's early days, and we've got. To, I don't like the matchup next week, but exciting know. team to watch though. Like you know, yeah. the Vikings are on um, on TV. You know, I'm, I'm going to watch that game because you're skill players. But yeah. it just always seems to fall short with cousins. Anyway, leave him alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> look at him go. Uh, quick, quick move on. Look. Quick look at the other teams in the NFC North and the Lions so, so close to a huge scalp oh, that would have been, um, yeah. I mean, ridiculous. But given what they have to work with in that group, I mean, they couldn't do more to try and win a game. Uh, they've shown some stuff already early season. There's a win coming there. Definitely. I'll, I'll jump in, James. Like, Jared Goff is playing all right you know um I'll, I've, I've got some notes here that I, when I was looking at some of his stats um earlier on today like he's got over 800 yards passing or around that five touchdowns only two interceptions considering the stick he got in the offseason and we're talking like this guy it shouldn't even be a starting quarterback stick this guy's a first first overall pick talent you know and, and I don't think he played as bad as other people thought he played at the Rams. He wasn't great, but I don't think he was that bad. I think Jared Goff, you know, a bit of a take here. I think he's going to be around for a few years um, if, if a coach can, can can play well with him. And I don't I don't understand and I don't know what, why or how the, the, the Lions are doing as well as they are, but something's working. Um, and that coach got a lot of stick when he came in uh, being a bit of an interesting character in pre-season, but you know, fair play. Like the Lions are, the Lions are fighting hard. But man, was that the most Lions thing ever to happen to them at the end of the game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love, I quite like Dustin. He's an amazing kicker, and so for that sense, it was great to see luck he got to get that because that's he deserves to go down in history for everything he kicks. But um, for the Lions, I feel sorry for him. They should never have lost that game. They hung in there. They didn't enough. They were probably thinking 68 yarder. Now we're up against the best kicker. But even then, they still didn't believe I was losing that game. And even then, he hit the crossbar. I mean, what more can a Lions fan take right now? But at the end of the day, if someone said to them after three games, all right, you're going to be 0-3, they wouldn't be shocked. But if they saw generally at least two of those games, they'll be very pleased with the gutsy performances they're putting in. And to be fair, that is coming from the head coach. I mean, he does seem like a Detroit Lions perfect coach. Mm. You know, he's gutsy. He's not afraid to say what he says. He's loud. And, he, you know, he wears his heart on the sleeve. And I think the players are showing that. But I suppose the big thing, which we've all keep getting on the back, of last year we kept saying the same, Matt Patricia, why the hell was he in a job as long as he was? Well, this is exactly why he shouldn't have been. Because, you know, if anything, they've probably got less talent now than they did the last two years. Way less. Way less. They've got no depth. I mean, there wasn't exactly talented before. And what he's getting out of this team is incredible. So, I don't know. I think it's going to be... Like I said on last week's podcast, I think some of these teams will, as the season goes on, yeah, they, they're putting gutsy performances now where teams are still finding themselves. Maybe as it goes on, they might start showing up how we expect them to. But whatever happens right now, I'm really impressed with, you like to say, Goff. I feel he could have ended up having an absolute shit show for the first three weeks and everyone would be saying he needs to be out. He hasn't done that. He's been more than respectable. And I've actually enjoyed watching him. So I really do hope he does well. Um yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I think maybe the Lions will stick with him and 
maybe we get a few years of him and hopefully a bit longer. But yeah, he's done fine. And I think this Lions team is, is playing well above where it should be. I have a soft spot for the Lions. That's that's the only thing I want to I want to end on there. I just I just feel for them. I want to give them a cuddle. I want to go and give them a cuddle and tell them it's going to be okay. Um, and they had uh, I can't remember who they had on um, Good Morning Football today, but they were like, <laughs> it was an ex-player, and he, he basically just said, "Yeah, but it's just going to happen again and again and again." And it's just like, come on, Lions fans, uh, we got you. It's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. Look at the Browns. It happens eventually for everyone. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they are winning some neutrals over this this season already. So I think there's a lot of people rooting for that first win. Um, hopefully, there's not too many people rooting for the Packers just, just in general. Um, however many there are, there's too many. <laughs> They've gone two and one, beat the Niners in a very close game, and apparently you can't give Aaron Rodgers 37 seconds. Who knew? <laughs> if you didn't know that, you probably should. Um, I, know. I don't know. It, it's early days, but it, and I know you need to qualify this because it's me saying it, but is it fair to say this Packers team aren't quite the prospect they were last year? They, they don't feel as imposing as they were last season. I think they're more, they're more gettable. I think, I think they're <laughs> as good. I think it's too early. Mm. I'm honest. It's like that first game. Like Aaron Rodgers' first game of the season. I mean, God, like, you know, but every quarterback has a game like that. And, you know, Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. Um, you know, Adam Jones, I've never been high on, but has actually had an absolute storming start to the season this year. I love Bobby Onions. Um, you know, he, he, he's, he's a favorite man. I picked him up in so many fantasy leagues, and yeah. I'm expecting a lot more for him from him as the season progresses than I think we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for me, it's going to be the same story as it was. You know, they'll 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 make a deep run. Um, they'll crumble. They'll fail. Rogers will leave Green Bay. Green Bay will try and find their next quarterback for the next fifteen years, and the circle of life will continue. <laughs> Does that mean you don't think Jordan Love is the future quarterback? No, I think Jordan Love is going to be playing baseball um, or coaching baseball at like a club's game. For under 15s in about two years. Last two weeks have shown you that the Packers are probably going to be a 12 win team at least. And then, yeah, they get to the playoffs and then fall short. Well, like I said, I'm allowed to say whatever I want about them. We're going to move on to the highest, it was only just the highest scoring game of the week, as it turns out. Bills 43-21 winners over Washington. James, I can't remember if it was you that said it, but um, for the sake of context, I'm going to say it was. You said recently, I think you weren't as sold on this Washington defence as a lot of other people were, myself included. They've shipped 92 points already, which is fourth worst in the league. I mean, it's not easy to keep a team like the Bills quiet, but, you know, they they don't have enough offensively to be going around shipping that many points. No, I mean, they have played the Chargers, so you can, you can forgive it a little bit, but it's just the way they're performing. It's not like the Washington franchise as the back end of last year. And, you know, with another year, you expect them to now be a top five, top ten worst case scenario. I'm not seeing it. Um, they struggled against the Giants. I mean, that says it all. But... Yeah, I mean, like you say, the offense hasn't got enough about it. To, it's nowhere in position to be competing. If their defense was playing like we expect them to and keeping it around 20, you have a chance. But, yeah, I mean, the Bills just had their way with them. I think they could have scored another 10, 20 points if they really wanted to. So it's a bit frustrating to see the defense doing what it's doing. I know it won't be for Liam. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I think we all expected a little bit more from their front. And they have got a few sacks on the season, but I feel like it's either a cut, like a sack here and there, and then they're just not getting any pressure. It just feels like then they've gone backwards. Um, not sure how or why, and maybe it will all come back together again when they play the Eagles at some point. But, but <laughs> at this stage, yeah, the defence is certainly not showing up. It's not even in the top half. If, if anything, it's struggling in probably bottom 10. Um, and the offence is going to be in the bottom 10 too. So unless they sort it out, Washington are going to be really struggling. Hey, if our, if our offensive linemen keep dropping like flies for the second year in a row, I, I think you might be on to something there with, with Washington <laughs> play the Eagles. Uh, wouldn't be entirely surprised. Uh, look, I can't disagree with anything you said, James. I think Taylor Heineke didn't get a, a deal with Heineken, so went and got a deal with Bud Light. I don't know if you saw that, 
but you know that kind of says it all, really. I mean, do we need to say any more? Any more? They've got skill players. That, you know, they've got Gibson, they've got McLaurin, quarterback. We knew was an issue coming into the year with how old Fitzpatrick is already, and I think they probably have regressed a bit on defense this year, um, which is a great sign for the for the NFC East to the Eagles because you've got the Giants as the worst team in the history of football. <laughs> and the way they played this year, and then you've got Washington football team not not playing up to scratch. But I won't say too much. You know, maybe they're just finding a way into the season. You know, may, maybe maybe it's going to click at some point for Washington football team because a lot of people are high them before they come into the year. Yeah. But um, it's certainly not the start Washington fans were hoping for. No, not at all. I mean, they, they they've lost two games, but like I say, they're not the worst team in the division because that honor belongs to the Giants who. Managed to throw it in against the Falcons, and I said last week that if they lose this game, they just then abandon whatever hope they did have left. I mean, you know, it was nice for for Barkley to get back on the score sheet, but to put up 14 points against a team who've conceded in excess of 90 already this season, I, there's I, I don't even know what to say. What else to say? There's just nothing going on there. Well, I, there was a little bit of me thinking, you know, against Washington, they, what I thought was supposed to be a good defense, the offense showed something. And I was like, okay, similar performance against the Falcons, they're going to get 30 points. But it didn't show up. They had little moments. And then even then it was enough to beat the Falcons, but then they just seemed to disappear and the Falcons found a way. So there's not much to say. I could easily say these two are two of the worst teams in the NFL, at least right now. The Falcons have been very disappointing. What I don't get is Matt Ryan, I think, is targeting his wide receivers at like 40%, which is more than anything else. But bearing in mind, running backs are getting 30% of the ball. It's just not how I thought the Falcons would be. You know, Matt Ryan can air it out. He's got a decent arm. They've got talent at wide receiver. And, you know, it just doesn't... I don't know. Something's not right with the Falcons. They've got a new head coach, so maybe there's something going on. But, you know, I didn't expect much from them. But on my offense, I thought they would be good. I thought it would be the defense letting them down. But it feels like the defense is just blur and the offense is no better. So, neither yeah. neither of these are going anywhere. Both of these two teams are absolute trash right now. <laughs> like, there's no two ways about it. Calvin Ridley hasn't stepped up the way we were expecting him to step up this year so far. Russell Gage was out injured. Um, so Zacharias, I can't remember how to pronounce his name, but you know he's there as well. I, they just don't seem as threatening anymore. The running back position isn't that threatening. Um, we put up like thirty plus points against them in Week One, and if the Giants lose to them, I cannot wait to play the Giants. <laughs> that's, that's that's all I'm saying. Well, it, well, here we go. Here we go. We'll stay in the East for a little little while longer. Um, <laughs> Eagles against the Cowboys closed out the week. Liam, it's time for me to take a break. Um, and with, with, without opening up too many wounds, tell us where it all went wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, all over the field. I, I, I'll start this with Dallas Cowboys are a good football team this year. And as much as that really pains me to say it, I would not be being anywhere near honest if I didn't, um, as much as I hate them. Uh, but they're a, they're a really good football team this year. Um, I, I thought, and Vegas thought the game was going to be much tighter. I think they only had the spread at three and a half minus for Dallas. Everything went wrong, Andy, to be honest with you. Um, we we are a young and old team on, on, on in different positions. Uh, we're, we're old on the line and we're young everywhere else. We have a very inexperienced rookie head coach, Nick Sirianni, um, who has made some very bold media uh, displays with the beat Dallas stuff. And, you know, I kind of like that at the same time, but you got to front up if you're not going to back it up. Right. They got embarrassed by Dallas. It was one of the worst, it was one of the worst performances I've seen from a Philadelphia Eagles football team since I've been watching it. Um, you know, they beat us everywhere. They beat us all over the ground in the air, on the ground, on the line, um, you, you name it. Dallas deserved to win this game. <sighs> There were some questionable penalty decisions. Yes, um, that, we gave away 13 penalties. Now, that's on the, the, the fundamentals of the team and the coaching. Um, but there were some plays um, where, you know, there could have been PI calls where we would have had, you know, and there were game momentum changing moments. But I'm clutching at straws here. You know, the, the Dallas were going to win anyway. They were the better team. They deserve to win. But before I pass it over to James, I... I'm genuinely not, I'm not concerned, right? 
it hurts and it hurts a lot. And sorry for the pun, that was not intended. It, hurt, it, it hurts a lot um, losing to Dallas and losing to Dallas in the way we did. But this is basically a rookie quarterback, right? So he's got to be seen. He's got to be seen a couple of games back in the last year. He's basically a rookie quarterback with a, with a rookie head coach, with a rookie first round uh, wide receiver pick. Um, Rager's had a you know a season or two under his belt. Um, you know Watkins is 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 two seasons in as well. And we've had some three of our starting offensive linemen are all injured now, which makes it even harder harder for Hertz. So, so, so that plays into it. You know, everything went wrong, Andy. But but you know, genuinely would not be surprised if we went around and pushed the Chiefs close next week. Um, you know, I, I think the Chiefs will probably win. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they step up next week. I'm not worried about the longevity of the birds yet. I think it's way too early to say that off the back of one game. We saw what happened to Aaron Rodgers at the start of the year, and look how good he is. I'm not comparing um, I'm not comparing Rogers to Hertz, but you know, tough loss, deserves to lose. It's a transitional year. They need to learn. They need to get better. Let's see where they are in a few games' time. Yeah, I mean, you summed it up pretty well, and none of us can really. We've watched the highlights, but I'm, I know you've watched a lot more than that. So, I think I think the thing is, we're we're all in agreement that we know Dallas offense could be really good, um, and they still seem really good even after the injuries and everything else coming into this year. They've done really well, and the defense is a different animal for me. It's still there. You can still put points on it. But they just look different. They look great. They, look like they believe in themselves. So to be fair to the Eagles, we, I don't know if you 100% agree, Liam. I don't know. But me and Andy, obviously, we've mentioned it before. You guys are coming into a rebuild. Let's face it. Like you've you needed to do it. Um, you're not in a complete rebuild. You're not in like the worst team, like some of them. But you are in that transition stage. So given how well the Cowboys have shown so far and given how well they played, it isn't a shock that you lost that game. All right, 20 points sounds a lot, but the Cowboys are going to do that to a few teams this year. So I'm certainly not worried about the Eagles. If anything, the Eagles have actually shown me a bit more than I maybe thought going into the I wasn't sure about the head coach. I just wasn't sure about the whole thing. I thought you could easily be a team that's struggling to win three or four games. Yeah. I don't feel that way about you guys. I do think you have... I think you're going to be very inconsistent. And this maybe is the low point. Like you say, against the Chiefs, you end up overplaying and you take it really fast. Um, I feel okay about this. I actually generally am higher on them right now than I was three weeks ago. So You're, you're being very kind, James. I, I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Listen, it, it might not be the low point. You've got to bear in mind we're going in to play the Chiefs, the Panthers and the Bucks in the next three games. So we, there's a very good chance we're one and five to start the season. But the fixture list after that is... Is 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 I say easy, Jesus, don't say easy. But it's 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 more forgiving than 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 those games. I, I think you're on the money. Can I just have a shout out to Micah Parsons? That guy is an absolute dog. Um, and I'm I'm so dismayed that he is a cowboy for the coming years. He can do everything. Yeah, and he, he deserves a shout out. Sort of, I'm not saying he's out of position, but he's actually playing as more of a you know. Yeah. yeah. He's actually doing a good job of it. Maybe this is his future position. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned just before we go, you mentioned Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith. So far, what I've seen reminds me of Justin Jefferson. Let's hope he can get somewhere near um, what, we've seen, mm. what we've seen from JJ in the, in the coming games. Yeah, that would be nice for you. Certainly would. We've got three more games to try and get through. Uh, one of the games we called right last week, James, Titans beating the Colts. Really not a vintage performance by any means, but um, the lack of just spark and general click in that Colts offense is is, is concerning. Their own three, uh, they've only put up 56 points. It's not happening for Taylor. Uh, I've just read that apparently Marlon Mack, uh, there's been an agreement that he'll be traded away somewhere. So I, I don't know where they go, really, at this stage. <sighs> Do you know what? I mean, I saw a little bit of improvement for Taylor to a certain extent, but then they came away from it because they was losing the game. So I just don't get it. Like, I mean, obviously Liam is sitting here. You know, Carson Wentz will be somebody that he knows a lot about, and I'm not high on him at all. And to be fair, he still made some plays in this game. He's clearly not quite 100%. Uh, barely moving is how I like to pronounce it. Um, but you're right. Where is the spark coming from? Because the line, the O line is struggling. It's, it's going to improve as the season goes on, but again, the season's going to be gone soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought Jonathan Taylor would lead this team, and Wentz would just chip in on the back of it. And I think that's what they want to do. But that line is just—I mean, it's getting there, and Taylor is starting to improve. But if they're falling behind, they're not coming back. So 
it's disappointing because I generally thought the Colts had a bit of a shot. We both did. We both put bets on them as an outsider to win a Super Bowl. Just wild. Oh, did you? We did because we both liked the idea of going for someone as an outsider. But yeah, what a waste of money that was. Um, if yeah, bet on Carson Wentz, James. Like uh, you know, wow. obviously. <laughs> go on, go on. You're not finished. Go on. No, I was going to say, I'll put a caveat. I did bet before they actually got Wentz. I just believe. <laughs> so, just want to touch on Frank Reich a little bit. He's put a lot of chips in Carson Wentz. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's an extra large at McDonald's he's gone for. That's not the small fries. But he's, he's come out and made a number of comments and statements about um, how good he is, how much he believes in him. At some point, there's going to start to be questions about Carson Wentz. I don't care what happens with Carson Wentz as long as he plays 70% of snaps for Indianapolis, <laughs> which means we get the third first-round pick next year, which you know it's looking more and more like we're, we are really going to need. And let's hope that's not to use all three of them to trade for Deshaun Watson. But, you know, hopefully it's to build around Hurts. But <clears throat> Carson Wentz has a good offensive line, uh, a decent, decent defense, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is a great running back. They've had some injuries at wide receiver. Uh, he's got everything he needs. And Frank Reich, who he's worked really well from the past, he's got everything. He has no excuse, right? Even with his two ankle sprains and his finger falling off and his hair in the wrong place, right? He, he, he's, there's going to become a time where there's going to be nowhere left to hide for Carson Wentz. And that's not me saying that's not me saying that will happen. I'm just saying that if, it, if he doesn't improve, that's going to happen. I'm not sold on Carson Wentz as a dud yet, um, like a lot of Eagles fans are and a lot of people around the league. I'm not sold on that yet because of what I saw um, for a couple of seasons, the spark he had, the arm talent he has, the ability to make plays after um, after pressure. But I don't think Carson Wentz has got along with Carson Wentz things. And just before I move on, you mentioned about Jonathan Taylor being the, the, the A game and Carson Wentz chipping in. I won't sit well with Carson. Carson wants to be number one. Carson is a very, very, very stubborn quarterback. There's already been arguments with Reich, which have come out in the media about it over the first few games. Uh, that happened so much with Doug Peterson. That's what caused the strife in Philly. You know, maybe some of the people were right. Maybe it is Carson Wentz all along. He's the problem. I don't know. We'll see. Well, it's a great point, though, because that was what I was going to get to. Because Frank Reich, I really respect him. I thought he did, you know, he's done a good job in the last couple of years. And, the thing is, though, going into the season, you took Philip Rivers last year as like a bridge gap, and you're going, okay, that's fine. And he did, you know, he did fairly well considering that he was well past it. But it's like this team was built last year to be a contender, and mm-hmm. Philip Rivers wasn't ever quite getting you there. So now you've gone this year, still good enough, and they've gone all in on Carson Wentz, and they just always felt like that wasn't the right move. But you know, it's easy to say and done. When the cap comes into it, you're limited. I'm sure if they wanted to get Patrick Mahomes, they would have got Patrick Mahomes. You know what I mean? Obviously, they would have got a lot of players if they could have done. So it's hard. But right now, if this goes on much longer, what happens to Frank Wright? Because he, like you say, he is invested a lot. And they're 0-3 right now. And they are, maybe they're not the best team in the NFL, but aren't they should be in in the contender range in that division. Right now, it's like they could eat, you know, 1-4, and 0-5. And if that happens... You've got to start really having some serious questions about above. Um, so that's mm. that's shocking. And I think you're right about Carson Wentz. I thought he might have a, a bit of a revival because um, Frank Reich obviously was linked to him before. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes every quarterback needs it. Sam Darnold right now. But it ain't happening. And, and some of that's not on him. I do think there's a bit more to it. But yeah, you're right. He's not exactly setting the world alight right now, is he? So give it a couple more weeks it's going to be tricky whether it's Frank White being questioned or whether it's Carson Wentz so. mm. one thing I will say before you move on there's about 7 billion Carson Wentz t-shirts in charity shops all around America as we speak right now <laughs> is that a fact? I think I, no it's not a fact but uh, you know engaging with the fan base no Eagles fan is wearing a Wentz jersey um, you know we've I've seen some videos of, of uh, bonfires going and Toilet rolls and whatnot, you know. Um, he is, he ran away from Philly, and, and for that reason, he is not liked. Yeah. Well, one game, uh, from one game we called right to one, we certainly didn't, James, and that was the Saints beating the Patriots. Um, I think we put some kind of hex on Mac Jones last week because we talked about how the Pats had done a really good job keeping him protected, keeping him upright. Uh, he'd been neat and tidy in the pocket. And then he gets sacked a couple of times and throws three interceptions in a game. And it sounds like they've lost James White for 
a decent chunk of time. So it was a nasty hip injury. I'm not sure what the update on that is. Um, I don't know. We've seen the Saints as well. Three games now. I don't know. Are we any closer? We're not closer to knowing what the hell's going on there. Strange game. You know what I feel like I've learned more and more as I've watched the NFL is the first four or five weeks, there's always about half a dozen teams where you think you understand them, but you don't. So I generally thought, because of Bill Belichick, we always come back to it, but I generally thought they'd be fine. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was bad. I just thought it was okay. With good coaching, they win more than they lose. Um, but now I'm sitting here sort of thinking, actually, are they even okay? Maybe they are a poor team. Now, the game against the Dolphins, I felt like they should have won. They did enough to win, but they made a couple of errors which lost in the game. And I held the Dolphins a bit higher at that point. Given mm. what I've seen of the Dolphins, I think they're probably below average right now. Um, and if obviously with the injuries, they're right down the bottom. But as a team, I thought they was good, but they're actually below average. So they've lost by one point to a below average team. And then what, they beat the Jets. They didn't even beat them that convincingly. So now I'm starting to think they've beaten the worst team in the NFL at, at the moment. And then they've beaten, well, lost to a below average team. They go up against the Saints, who we were saying maybe weren't as good as everyone thought and they're just average. And they really just got completely outplayed. So I'm now certainly thinking we completely pulled that wrong, Andy. Um, and I, I just think the Pats generally, I didn't think they was good. They lost a lot of pieces. They didn't solve the issues. They solved some of them. And now they've got a rookie quarterback. And he looked like a rookie this week. So we all know what's going to happen. Bill Belichick's going to beat Brady on, on Monday night. Um, and I'll be having to read my words. But right now, I think they're just a poor team. Um, and if they're a poor team, then the Saints should be beating them. And that's exactly I think, right. I think your money's safe there, James. I, I don't, I, you know, there is, I'll take any odds from anyone out there listening on the on the Patriots beating the uh, Bucks. It's not going to happen. The Bucks are going to run all over the Patriots this weekend. Um, listening to Bill Belichick come out today or yesterday, and he was asked about Tom Brady coming to town and, what it would be like and he compared him to Chris Hogan <laughs> he said oh yeah we played Chris Hogan a couple of weeks ago like like their employees I mean come on Bill yeah. give the guy some respect right as much as I love to see him lose give the guy some respect I know you love the word respect James give the guy some respect <clears throat> he is the greatest quarterback of all time there is no denying it anyone who says otherwise is an absolute moron um and it's a big thing that he's coming to town. Bill Belichick is playing this down so much it's embarrassing. It is a big, it is a big, it is a big game. You know, it's the it's the dad. I was watching Good Morning Football today, and someone was like, it's "Like, dad, give me some love," and he's just not giving him any love, right? It's you know, they're gonna nothing else more needs to be said. The Patriots, you're right, James. They're not as good as we thought they were. Books are gonna run all over them on Sunday, and the start of the demise of Bill Belichick actually being a mastermind coach is gonna is gonna begin. Well said, and that gets us to the final game of the week. Uh, Bengals taking down the Steelers, which James, I think I got it wrong. I think you got it wrong as well. Did I think we all yeah. got it wrong? Um, um, we were hoping it was going to be a you know Najee Harris uh, breakout, but it wasn't. Uh, oh, he did he did nice from a receiving point of view, but uh, in terms of heaping praise on a rookie, I mean Jamar Chase is. Is really living it up, isn't he, in, in his first season? Four touchdowns through three games. Uh, nice little link-up he's got with his mate, Joey B. Yeah, I mean, I'm still of the of the, the person who's like, oh, they should have got the O-line guy. And I still, a bit me deep down, still believes that. But, yeah, they're connecting brilliantly. Jamar Chase has been great. Um, we knew how good he was. There's, there's good in the college game going into the NFL, and then there's great. And as long as Jamar Chase and Burrow were fit and healthy and able to link up, then that was always going to happen, really. But it's still good to see it. But coming back to Najee Harris, 19 targets. Where's <laughs> Steelers' offence? Hmm, it's because Big Ben can't throw more than four yards. That's <laughs> why. How long are we going to sit here watching Big Ben take six seconds to drop back to then just throw it one yard to his left? I mean, I know. I mean, look, he's... <sighs> If it, if he makes it through the season, it'll be a it'll be a, a miracle. He, <laughs> he finished the game three hundred plus yards, and his average throw was five yards. That's crazy. I mean, they've got they've got the Packers, the Broncos, the Seahawks, and the Browns coming up. You could see them just getting blown away by all of them if it you know if they don't do yeah, something very very. Sixty quick. throat passing attempts, then like sixty passing attempts. It's just, stupid like that. It's yeah. just I mean, he looked. It was funny. 
at times, there was a particular clip that kept going around where he just kind of tries to take a little move to his right and he just falls over and throws the ball <laughs> at, like, the floor. But it, it's also, like, like, someone just needs to put him out of his misery. You wouldn't allow a dog to end up in this state. The thing is, there's a beer prop coming up, Andy, so I'm not going to run into it too much, but what are they doing? Like, right now, you're telling me Mason Ray- Rudolph, Rudolph <laughs> would not be better like i think anyone anyone <laughs> we've, got a few, we've got a few backup quarterbacks we could quite happily trade <laughs> to the uh the pittsburgh steelers and um, just the point of jamar chase james that you picked up um i've been completely my opinion has been completely changed watching him drop all those balls in camp and him coming out to say he didn't practice with a full-size ball and um, during the year he was off i was like what's an absolute plonker like what do you? How can you mess up that opportunity? You know, coming into the coming into the NFL, I thought he was going to be an absolute dud. I thought he was going to do nothing. And fair play, Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow had confidence in him. They're both playing well. Yeah, you mentioned Penny Sewell. I, I do think they probably should have should have chosen him. But you know, in hindsight, if they have one of the best wide receivers around for years and they can keep Burrow safe this year and then and ensure the gaps next year then you know maybe it is the right long-term play but yeah i mean look i've nothing to offer to the steelers one i've never liked them as a franchise anyway uh, being being in 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 pennsylvania and and to the longer we see uh your man in the pocket throwing the ball two yards the the happier i'll be yeah fair enough Uh, yeah, we've co- we've covered all the games there. We'll have a little bit of a catch up on uh, Iggy's bets that he put forward for us last week. Uh, Panthers to beat the Texans, yes. Cardinals to beat the Jags, yes. Denver, obviously. Uh, he teased Miami versus the Raiders to be under fifty-seven point five. No, I couldn't remember. Because I'd lost on two bets because of that. Yeah, and he had Cardinals to win and cover the spread, uh, I believe, which was okay. Um, we will check out what Iggy's bets are for this week, but has anybody got anything they want to add before we, we move to that and close it out? Nothing from me uh, other than, you know, Dallas sucks. Well, maybe. <laughs> Still. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come to Iggy and we'll leave everybody with his bets for the week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But Liam, uh, you are going to be joining us for our predictions pod later in the week. Uh, but first, tell everybody where they can find you if they want to follow you and listen to what you do. Yeah, so yeah, so we're we're the Next Man Up podcast, uh, which is a the UK Eagles podcast. Uh, you can find us at, at Next Man Up underscore. Uh, we're we're also part of the British and Irish Eagles, so you can follow us at, at British and Irish Eagles as well for UK. Philadelphia fan meetups. We've got one organised on the 5th of December in Passion Avenue, uh, which is going to be really good. And we're going to be organising trips to Philadelphia. We've got fantasy groups going on. We release articles. It's you know we're, we're trying to be the face of of Philadelphia Eagles in in the UK. And um, some exciting news coming up in the next few weeks. So if you do like to you know listen to what's going on in the Lincoln financial field, whether you're a fan who likes to see how bad we're doing and you're not a fan of Eagles or whether you're a, an Eagles fan and, you know, check us out. And, and Andy and James, thank you so much for having me on. It's been it's been great, even though I got the message five hours after I lost to Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you coming on after such a gutting performance. Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, it's all, to be fair, we, we do, uh, we know the guys at Next Man up pretty well. And... They are excellent at what they do, so do check them out. But it's always a pleasure to talk to to good people. So thank you for your time, and we'll catch up with you very soon uh, to put you on the spot for our predictions. But James, if you've got nothing else, we'll we'll move it on. Yeah, I'll bring some more stuff later in the week. Cheers, gentlemen. We'll speak very soon. Peace. Peace. Hello, 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 all you beautiful betting people. Thanks for uh, joining me again. When on Outside the Huddle. Glad to be with you guys, James and Andy. Uh, we're going to look for a bet. Uh, we're going to go one for Thursday. Here's just a single prop bet. I feel really good about it. It's at negative 120. Pretty sure that's five to four. And uh, the prop is James Robinson over 51 and a half rushing yards against the Bengals. They've allowed some pretty good gashes to them offensively. Uh, so it can happen. You know, I think I feel really good about it. Go ahead and place a unit. Now to get back to our mouse, if you've been tracing it, we've uh, 
had it a little wrong if you've been doing it on the parlay, if you've been around robbing it and so forth. It's been working out to your advantage. But right now we've got, of course, it's the money line over or under and then a spread. Right now it's at plus 127, so I believe that's 4 to 5, all right? So pretty good odds. We're taking the Titans on the money line. If you've noticed, the Jets have been a whipping post for us, so glad to keep uh, taking the money line against them. Feels like the safest bet. We've teased the Cardinals and the Rams and what I expect to be a very high-scoring game. We've teased it to over 43.5. That should happen relatively easily. And then we're coming in with the Seattle Seahawks. We teased it at San Francisco for them to have a plus 7.5. So that's for them to not lose by more than a touchdown. I think that's a really good possibility to go down to a close game on the wire. Seahawks probably have to step it up after a bad game. 49ers a little disappointed on heartbreak. Uh, and I think that'll be good to go. Once again, this is at plus 127, so about 5-4 to four odds there. Tennessee Titans to win. We've teased the Cardinals and the Rams to go over 43.5. Should be the safest bets, the safest bet out of the three. And then the Seattle Seahawks to cover a 7.5-point spread against the 49ers. Thank you, guys. That is our moose. If the moose starts getting loose, let's get it out there. Uh, Y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you.